and he became an entrepreneur, and now he's making good money, and he's interviewing me. Yeah. I wonder. We've been wanting to do this for a I long have no time. Idea why. We, yeah. We've been wanting to do this for a very long I time. I this. It's only one minute. Yeah. Go. Yeah, so he was saying, we've been wanting to do this podcast for a very long time, but due to different schedules, you live in Abu Dhabi right now. Yeah. So we finally figured out to do it on, on a Saturday of all days. Perfect. Yeah. And then after this, I have to do theater. Yeah, you said you're going on, you're going on uh, stage. What do you have, comedy or... Uh... No, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a short play. It's part of the short and sweet theater. It's an international thing. The ones who do really good. Okay. We, I just came back from Hollywood because I was performing there after I did this here in Dubai. So. We're live. Okay. Also. Perfect. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Abdullah Qasab and I are live on the podcast, podcast six. Oh, that's audio. And uh, yeah, so over here, I have to make sure that we post it because people have been asking me to uh, post the link immediately afterwards. And uh, we're live. Yeah. We are live. Okay. Abdul Qasab. Yes, Mama. Finally, you're here. I know, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> it's always... okay. It's all right. Shoot. Yeah. Last weekend was a wife thing. I couldn't piss off because I don't want to lose my life. You know? <laughs> well, so. you know, somebody said happy wife is a happy life. That's what they always say. And so yes. Obviously, they're, they're right. Yeah. In that, in that regard, absolutely. So tell me, hold on. I just found out you were in Hollywood recently. Yes, I was there a week in October. Ago? Oh, in October. 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 Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd it go? What happened? What happened? We actually, see, it's a, something called Short and Sweet International Theater. Okay. And it got the recognition of Hollywood for the, of its impact that it actually delivered very good caliber of actors, new blood. Okay. So Hollywood said, come perform in Hollywood. And then the ones around the world who are really good either in writing, directing, or acting were asked to go to Hollywood and perform. Interesting. And we, just did, and we did it in the Stella Adler Theater where all the great actors of all time were created. Yes. So we did that there and uh, it's like a festival thing and now Dubai being the second largest theater literature, uh, theater festival for short and sweet we are doing it again we do it every year and you're going like, to go back or are they going to come here oh no we go to Hollywood Hollywood, okay. and, and this year it will be bigger but I don't know if I'm going to go this year I'm focusing on philanthropy again apparently this year I said I'm not going to I'm going to focus on acting but apparently I'm going to do philanthropy one more time. Yeah, I should have introduced you right in the beginning. So Abdel Qassab is a, um, a man of many skills. You are also a stand-up comedian. Yep. An entrepreneur and a youth mentor. Yes. That's where we met the first time in the Abu Dhabi startup. Yep. That's we were where just we talking about how, how important communication skills are. Yes. That the individuals that excelled, some of them you were mentoring in Abu Dhabi, were... Um, skilled also in the area of communication and expressing the thought that you have. Clearly, yeah. uh, versus the individuals that have a bit of difficulty with that, and we also mentioned that forty percent of the—I uh, mean, the number one phobia on the planet—is public, public speaking. speaking. Number one That's fear. That's crazy. Yes. Wow. I know. Well, see, maybe we are afraid of judgment, philosophically speaking, mm-hmm. and afraid yeah. of being laughed at. And and other thing is, we don't know ourselves. You go to a job interview, you ask a guy, you talk about yourself. The first answer he gives you is like, uh. I was like, uh, is not a word. Uh, cannot be even explained. It's uh. I mean, what is uh? Dude, just speak of confidence. So, not knowing yourself also affected. Yeah, and the, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And the uh, trouble here is, I mean, you said philosophically, interestingly enough, right after we finish here today, I have an event about five seconds away from here where we're <laughs> going to be talking about the philosophy of life and where we come from. Literally. Uh, about, uh, I think it's at 7.30. And the beautiful thing here is people philosophically worry about the judgment of others because they worry about their perceived value. Nobody wants their value to drop. So in turn, they worry about expressing themselves, whether it's verbally or non-verbally. Why would you be afraid of expressing your beliefs if you know them? Because... And you, you know their value. It's less... Well, the you fear might be there, yeah. but be less. Let's agree that there are 16 types of personalities. In all 16, they divide to eight types that are extrovert and eight types are introvert. Mm-hmm. Now, introvert will not be a very good speaker. The yes. one you're talking about the, is the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Yeah, which is science. Yeah. This is not horoscope, yes. horse crap. So, sorry to call it horse crap if you guys believe in it. 
whatever makes you happy. But I, I want to go as in science because it has evidence and verification because we're engineers. Yes. You know, you have two bachelor degrees. I'm getting my second. That we believe in science morally. We believe in God. We're not atheists. Don't get me wrong. Just don't mix it up. Yes. Please. <laughs> Just to clear that. So, if you're an introvert, then yes, it might be harder you for to express your thoughts. Doesn't mean you cannot. It just means you will have to work two points extra than an extrovert. But an extrovert who just talks too much, then he's not expressing his thoughts. He's just making a fool out of himself. And then he might develop the fear or generate low self-esteem that makes him afraid of public speaking, but good in speaking around his friends. But if you meditate, self-reflect, and always have that serenity in you, you will have clear thoughts. And if you have clear thoughts, then you'll have clear principles. If you have clear principles, you have clear habits. And there you go. You can actually speak your mind with no fear. And, and we see, we saw good leaders around the world that spoke beautifully on the spot. And they actually changed humanity. They affected people. And come on, in, 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 in very developed countries, people usually are measured by size and physical power. But then you see a guy who freed India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh all at once, and he was wearing two pieces of clothes around him. He was a skinny, a skeleton. And yet the way he speaks, the beliefs were spread and people just believed in him. So it's how you speak. Yeah, if you can express your clear, coherent thinking to the public because people don't want to read as much as they want to listen. True, true. And it's easier way to read, uh, to learn because, you know, it's interactive. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is we've been given, if you look at it, anatomically, if that makes any sense, anatomy-wise, we've got two ears... Two eyes and one mouth. And it doesn't have a bone. That's the most important thing, isn't it? We, it doesn't have a bone, so it's more flexible. Yeah. And um, when you listen to, when you look at individuals in a communication or in a negotiation, especially when it's casual, uh, not, in a, you know, not necessarily in a state of bit in an area of business, people, when they're replying, they're not repl- they're, when they're listening, they're not listening to understand what you want to say. They're listening to prepare the reply. And which is very, very tricky when it comes to relationship dynamics between man and wife, uh, you know, friends, parents, children. You want to be able to read them, and that's something you know about. You, you I mean, when you were in, in was not it was in Fujera, right? Yeah, in Fujera. So what happened was, for those of you who haven't um, attended, obviously the TEDx event in the UAE. Abdullah came from Abu Dhabi to give a talk in Fajera about uh, the uh, great leader that we had, uh, a very influential leader, uh, Sheikh Zayed, and um, one of the most amazing TED Talks I've ever heard. I Thank mentioned uh, to you that I shared it with on my channel a couple of year, about a year ago, yep, yep. when uh, the issue happened back in uh, somewhere in the Middle East. Anyways, so during the break for a charity, I don't remember what charity, but he was reading people's faces for a small fee and in a few minutes within two to three minutes he would hit a chord with almost every single person that was there I watched it happen and uh, you know being able to read people without listening to them speak using their body language using their facial yeah face reading by the way is a little bit different from is very different from body language and uh, that is in a way considered a superpower tell me more about that well how about Whatever you go through, whatever you go through, no matter how much you hide it, your brain is thinking of it. If your brain thinks of it, it resides and sits and lives on your face. How A very easy, simple example of a systematic face reading, which we know, the big of the ear, the size of the nose, that's systematic. But there's the intuitive part. And people who have high intuitivity can actually learn it. And I've helped three people learn. And it doesn't take more than three weeks. It doesn't take more than three weeks. But the thing is, the intense amount of thinking that will take you. So anybody can learn, and I can help you learn it. It's very good. Now, an example of very simple face reading. You can know a cheerful old man from a grumpy old man because the grumpy old man's face is always down. Everything in him, only the eyes or only the mouth or the cheeks, they show you grumpiness, show you bitterness. But the happy old man, you see eyes lifted up, the mouth is lifted because more positive things, thoughts, more of your, your smile. And those are muscles. So they just shape in that way. And it's very small differences in those muscles, but with practice and relating that to yourself and to others, you actually can learn physiognomy. And you can practice it. And by the way, there's also physiognomy in knowing if he's homosexual or not. True. And, and because that kind of affects the face. And, we, and I googled that once of famous homosexual people and non-homosexual people. 
and they always had a very specific way of muscle contractions around the eyes and uh, the eyebrows and just beneath the eyes. Yeah. They're way Tension different. around the muscles right over here. Yeah. Oh, we have some social celebrities here, social media celebrities in here. They're hiding it. And I know they are not straight. I know because the face shows it. And guess what? His, fr his friends that he always hang around, I realized they are also gay. But they, they told people that they are gay. But he is hiding it for the criticism. I was like, but I know. So yeah. it shows. You see, the, to, to make it simple, you made it simple pretty well, but the people, when they look at face reading, they would have, uh, an, there are two areas, by the way. There is face reading and reading facial expressions. They're a little bit different. Oh, but micro-expressions yeah. are actually part of psychology right now. Yes. Paul Ekman, the consultant for the movie called Inside Out, he, divided, he actually invented that, and it's a science that you can get a degree on. It's not, not a certificate or diploma, no, no. You go to a university and you be a psychologist or a psychiatrist specialized in micro-expressions. True, true. The way to um, relate it to the average person is when you look at an individual who is completely unfit, overweight, he's got the belly, he's about you know, 100 kilograms overweight, you can tell by looking at his body that he does not exercise or he eats a lot of junk food. Alternatively, you look at somebody like Mike Tyson, somebody like Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, you automatically realize that he's an athlete, he eats clean. You don't know the man, you haven't met him before, but the body would tell you certain things due to the muscular structure because of a repetition. Yeah. So somebody smiles every day versus somebody who gets angry every day, mm -hmm. you will exercise certain muscular uh, movements in your face that would automatically give away the type of person that you are. Now you mentioned something I did not know. You mentioned that every single emotion, I mean, you, you mentioned a tiny detail, but it makes a difference, is constantly being thought of yep. in your subconscious mind, which triggers the, um, the uh, tension of the face and the muscles. That was a very interesting uh, add-on because I had no idea how. I knew, I knew it happened for a reason. I knew the lines were there for a reason. You clarified that something for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing field. How many people do you come across that know about face reading? Very few. That are educated, not know about it, that know how to use it. Only only one that I know, and then you told me that you know. One, her name is Bashar Al-Amri. She's one of my best friends. She's also on Facebook. You can add her, Bashar Al-Amri. And she really, by practice, and she is good. Mm -hmm. She is good. She knows what she says. She Because she can relate to people's pain easily. Yeah. You know, being a woman, mother love is natural, I guess. So she can relate to people's pain and uh, torture easily. So she gets it. True, true. I mean, communication, people make it seem a bit harder than, I mean, for us, we, we, have, to, we have to study it, we have to learn it, uh, you, me, and people in, in, you know, in the community. But in reality, if you go back 10,000 years ago, our grand ancestors were able to, to notice a certain emotion because they did not pay attention to the background noise. They did not pay attention to the, uh, the jargon or the... the, the um, the noise. Yeah. I, can't, I can't use any other uh, words. And, and, and if somebody here might say, oh, but it's also a mix of culture. I was like, guys, emotions Mention are that. universal. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with different cultures. Different cultures affect different habits. But emotions are literally universal. Hence, psychology applies everywhere. And microexpressions also prove that it applies on everybody. Hence, they always knew sadness, anger, frustration. How do they look like in face? Because they were not distracted. The main element here that they had no much distraction around them. They had more time to self-reflect on themselves and others. Yeah, I want to add on to something that you mentioned. Professor Paul Eichmann did a research in Papua New Guinea. I don't know if you're familiar with that. A two year, uh, he spent two years in the island. Again, Papua New Guinea is, for people who don't know, it's disconnected, it's isolated. Yes, it's isolated from the rest of the planet. They don't have, at that time, I don't know if they have it now, but they don't have the internet, the social media, the connectivity to learn the Western culture, Hollywood, so on and so forth. And he, he um, interviewed 3% of the population, if you can imagine that. He spent quite, quite a bit of time over there. What he discovered from the United States to Papua New Guinea to Asia to Africa is that we have seven universal facial expressions. Universal. Sure, you have the emblems and you have the, you know, the high five and the thumbs up and, and the index finger in different cultures. And for example, you go to Japan, when, we were, when I, I was a you know, tour guide with the Department of uh, Tourism and Government of Dubai, they told us never give anybody from Japan a hotel room or a table at a restaurant with a number 
I think, four and, and or nine on it. Two numbers. One of them represented bad luck. The other one represented death. Wow. Now, you look at cultures. For example, if you do, uh, let's say, this here in the UAE. Thumbs I'm up. doing a thumbs up right now. <laughs> it's completely different than if you do it in Greek, in, in Greece. It's completely different if you do it underwater. Because right? hand gestures are language. Yes. Even facial expressions. Sometimes you have certain expressions they that are... feelings. Yes. But when you talk about emotions, when you talk about yeah, the yeah. universal expressions such as happiness, sadness, surprise, anger, disgust, contempt, and... Um, I'm missing one. The seven, happy, sad, angry, fear, fear. Yeah. yeah. Surprise, disgust, and contempt. Those seven are universal. Whether you're Chinese, uh, Arabic, uh, German, Indian, uh, Muslim, Christian, um, Democrat, Republican, whatever it is, you're going to have the same expression even if you try to hide it. Yep. Which is amazing because now, whether you're an entrepreneur, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, a, a uh, stand-up comic, a mixed martial arts coach, at the end of the day, behind the computer, behind the cash counter, you're dealing with a human being. And when, you're, when you can understand the code of that human being, how they function, how they input and, and, and output information, it changes everything, then you have a superpower. How, how about I give it in a simple way Go. for everybody? This will help you understand your mom, your dad, your lover, your boyfriend, your enemy, the one you can't forgive, you, the one you can't forget. There's a little bit of you in everyone, and there's a little bit of everyone in you. So whatever happens, put yourself in their shoes, and then imagine can they, after you put yourself in their shoes, you know how they are almost in that certain moment. Can you, do you think they can put themselves in your shoes? And this is how you can also put a boundary. Like this person is not worth my time, regardless of how close they were to you. It will help you a little bit to reach that level of also forgiving that your father was a bad parent. Do you understand my point? Yeah, I yeah that, that matters a lot because I meet a lot of youth, being a youth mentor, that can't forgive their fathers. They love them because the culture demands love as a duty, yeah. not as love from the heart. And they can't forgive them. They can't forgive the dad or their mom. And then I tell them, different cultures affects it because you say, what did they go through that affected them? I mean, if they were from the Arab world, they went through conspiracy theories, to, to frustration, to exile, to, to wars to false promises, this, those guys went through a lot of anger issues and then they did not know how to parent the best. If they knew a better way to parent you, they surely would have done it. So please forgive your dad for he did not know any better. He did the best he could in the way he can. So this is for all of you that have an Everybody had it. And by the way, even if your dad passed away when you were young, you do generate an anger in you. I know I had that. So. I went to psychologists or life coaches or psychiatrists, I even did acting, just to learn that, to discover that dark corner. Help me become serene. Your point in life is to be serene, to have that inner peace in a weekend with everybody's partying, but you want to be in your room and you're having a wonderful time with your mind, not having a rebellious sandstorm with a hurricane destroying your brain because you can't be with yourself. You want to be with yourself and enjoy how beautiful mind is. And that can only happen if you're serene and have inner peace. And that can only happen if you meditate. And meditation will lead you to self-discovery. And that will make you love yourself. And that's why I always ask them, meditate. It will help you resolve a lot of anger issues. And you will actually know what you're good at. And when, you're, when you know what you're good at, you can become a better entrepreneur. And then you can make whatever amount of money you can. You might be able to make what, 10 million, but you know you don't need it. You're just happy with a five or one because you don't need it. You don't need a Maserati, so you don't buy a Maserati. You buy a Dodge Charger or a, or a Toyota Corolla because you don't need it. It's not that you, you there's no self-worth in materialis, materialism, but when you reach self-worth of your own, materialistic don't really matter. Hence, you can live, live your life peacefully. Very good example. What's that guy who invented the uh, Alibaba Express? The Chinese multi-billionaire. Wu Chu Han Chu, something, I don't Tan, know. Tan, uh, Richard Tan? No, not Richard Tan. Yeah, some guy, I mean, you guys can tell us on the name, I mean. Was it Richard? Was it? No, it wasn't Richard Tan, hold on. Jack Ma. Jack Ma! Now, Jack Ma said in an interview that he was rejected in KFC, he was rejected in Hartford, so after all that failure, he made his multi-billion project. Well, it's not that easy, yet it is. 
one, fate speaking, it was not meant for him to be in KFC. He was the only one who was rejected. It was not meant to him to be accepted in Hartford. But it was meant for him to actually fail. So failure made him sit because he said, I sat with myself depressed. He, he says it's depression. But the side effect of it that he had to self-reflect, he had to think, who am I? What am I? Where I am? What am I doing? What are my skills? And then he realized, holy crap, I'm a good software engineer. I'm a good code writer. When he discovered that he is a good code writer, he invented his website. He is the best in business now. He's one of the best because he actually utilized his best quality. How about this? There's another example I always try to mention, I forget. Yeah. Social media. Now, the vice, the co-founder of LinkedIn wrote this article, co-wrote the article, and he said, media lost its value in many parts of the world, and social media picked up for one main reason. The ones who invented social media are code writers, and those code writers were not good in media, but then they lost faith in the media, so they invented their own platform. And that platform had people taking advantage of it that they became famous in it that now normal media is using social media celebrities to bring them to media so people will look at the media Change the and game. he said yeah why because the media creators lost the touch of thinking like engineers one very good example is Fox Network 300 million Americans know crap about the world but the whole world knows all kind of crap about America funny it's the one of the most open workers you know countries in the world yet it's very close on itself against South North Korea or Mongolia Mongolia is very close by the way politically speaking but the people are so open because there is nothing that feeds their brain that is a genius mind the one who created Fox Network he just recently died by the age of 96 that's a creative strong genius mind that he established such network such media platform that made people look at it and not look anywhere else. And this is how you actually educate. He educated them that they are the best. They, they can do whatever they do. And the side effects were what happened right now. Yeah. This is what we want. We want engineers in the media. All kind of engineers in the media because the way they think can shape media and give its worth. Otherwise, like you, you will invent other platforms for your own sake because there is a niche and you're a passionate man. A passionate man have a niche to something, then he will fulfill it. Hence the Instagram code writer, or the Snapchat creator, or Facebook creator created. That why that guy was a geek. You could not date on women. So he invented this app that he can connect to women. He didn't get that girl, by the way. He mm -hmm. never got that girl. Yep. But now he can get any other girl. But So there you go. It's always about any... And it's funny that Facebook had a timeline. I was like, it shows the nerdiness in them that they're good at stalking people. So they invented that mechanism to, to be able to stalk. measure women. I was like, where was she on that day of the year? So there you go. See, when you're an engineer, you can pretty much do anything. Imagine being the owner of Facebook and you can know where everybody was when they were at where they were. Now you can figure out where they were. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, okay, I took when you were talking about... Um, Jack Ma, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, Jack Ma. I want to make sure I got the name. Jack yeah. Ma. Yeah. Jack Ma. <laughs> Your accent is pretty good. Uh, I just found that you spoke Urdu. Oh, yeah, I speak Urdu. How did you learn that? Where did you learn that? <laughs> I'm from Sharjah, man. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> it's like it gives it. I'm from Sharjah. Hello. I've been living in the UAE for 28 years almost. I don't speak a word of this. Do you speak our accent, Emirati yeah, accent? Almost? Yeah. Good no, no, no. Fluent, Thank you. Fluent. Um, question How do you identify your niche? This is a question a lot of people ask me, and I don't really. Get, because here's the thing, Jack might had to go through a lot of turmoil and he went through depression, so there's a lot of other great people that we know are great today. But they had to go through a certain transition, a certain um, shake-up before they got to that state. Is there a faster way? If somebody comes to you, for example, and says, okay, Abdullah, I need you to, I need you to do your magic, read my face, tell me what I need to do in life, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. How about this? Is that possible? No. There's only one way, and even the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that in a speech, and then in the speech says, It says, Wail is like, Wail is, uh, God be with yeah. you, or God help you, if you don't go and read the last ten verses of the third chapter of Quran, the last ten verses of the third chapter of Quran, and not meditate, 
you lose hope in yourself. It's very dangerous not to do that. When you go read those last 10 verses on the third chapter, it starts with, and the differences of day and night and the creation of earth and of earth and heavens are signs for the ones who use their mind. So yeah. So the 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 speech tells you go read there and meditate on it. When you go read those verses, they are actually asking you to meditate. It's like meditation to the power too. You cannot go nowhere without meditation. Buddhism is literally about meditation. Mm-hmm. Even Hinduism is about meditation. Many other religions. So is Sikhism, so is Islam, so is Judaism. You so have to meditate because there is a beautiful mind in you, regardless of who you are, that you will find it amazing if you meditate. Even in stand-up comedy, Mina Lichioni and Ali Said, when I joined them in Dubomedy, and I always thank them for that. I started with them, so I have to appreciate that. We, of course, disagree completely in the way we do comedy, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, and she actually made us answer five things you're depressed about, five things you're de- frustrated about, five things makes you angry. They all sound similar. She said no. And then five things that makes you happy. And then try to write stories about them. So we had to meditate even to make jokes. And every comedian is actually joking about things we do in life, either logic or observational. Seinfeld is literally a reflection of our daily life. It's, it's not really about anything. It's about nothing. But it's about things we do in life and how they look funny when we do them. Mm-hmm. Meditation is the first and the last key of everything. What is your guide to meditation for somebody who's never done it before? Somebody who's new says, okay, I have no idea what meditation is. When I think of meditation, I think of Zen Buddhism, but that's it. What do I do? I always tell them to do to go and do the MBTI, personality type. Mm-hmm. 16personalities.com is a free website. And uh, mypersonality.info is another free website. And they're really good. You yeah. go there, you answer those questions. What was the second website that you mentioned? Mypersonality.info. Yeah. And then 16personalities.com. They're really good. As a start, you will read about those. You will find your code of personality. Put it. Read more about it. Know more about yourself. That's step one. Another thing is, put your strength points. Don't focus on your weak points. It's, don't. Why bring more sadness to your sadness? It's like listening to a sad song where you're sad. It's like, why are you feeding eggs to it? I, I don't get it. I want to add something. When people talk about their weaknesses, we, a lot of people do that. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, if you look at the, the skills in the world, we probably, I mean, personally, I probably have... 800,000 weaknesses if we were to look at all the skills that exist I might have two or three strengths you want to find the strengths because that's what matters you don't have to be fluent in German or Italian or Arabic or French if you're fluent in Hindi and you know uh, Thai you could translate between Hindi and Thai you find what you're good at because that's what matters sure if you want to learn French sure you can learn it but you want to start with where you are and then you and then you build up to what you don't have exactly so, now, <clears throat> put your strength point first. And why do I say that? Because Green Sheikh, his name is Green Sheikh, Aziz bin Ali Naimi. He's a Sheikh in Ajman. Mm-hmm. Google him, Green Sheikh. He actually told us that and he said, focus on your strength points. As you go ahead with it, the weak points, which were 2 out of 10, will go to 4 or 6 out of 10 when your 8 out of 10 strength point became 10 out of 10. And it's easier to focus on it when it's actually a little bit stronger. Yes. And then guess what? Engineers did that in video games. When you play a video game, you have one certain quality, and then the others uh-huh. are less. The more you play, they also increase. Then you can do more. This is why I love engineers. The way they think is literally about coherency and between I'm the with, lines. I'm with you on that. Keep going. And architects are one of my favorites. I'm an electronic engineer, but I'm in love with architects. The way they do things is way too different because they are artistic and... Very They're usually uh, ISTJ, right? I don't really know much. How mm. how uh, I know uh, ISTJ right. will be protectors. Mm. They, they have intuity in them, intuitively. INTJ maybe or INTJs ENTJ? are strategists. Yeah. INFP. I I'm not sure which one are. Well, they, the the the, yes. uh, the, uh, the one thing that I do notice is they go systematically with everything that they do. If you look at individuals like, um, but they're artists also. Okay, yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thing. If you can merge both the engineering and the art inside you, you'll, you'll be... Hence, I love them. They merge too. They actually do merge too. Mm. They don't just design something that looks nice. They actually have to put science into it. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. And guess what? If you saw, I mentioned, I mentioned important people that changed things in my life. 
even in comedy or in life, I surround myself with life coaches and psychologists and people who influence others because they always are about improving themselves. Hence, I know Hassan Al-Atur, I know Shadin Bulbul, I know Al-Unood, who's a book writer, I know uh, uh, Green Sheikh. I go to their events, I go to those talks. I don't go to a club, I go to, to someone who knows something that I don't know that is about me and him. You sit and listen and the wonders and the roller coaster rides you get Man, I invest money in getting hypnosis. Uh, I met a hypnosis specialist on, on an article. Here in Dubai? Yeah, and then I googled him. He left now, but there's a local guy called Nasr Riyami, and I took his number, and I'm going to meet him. I met his friend who was a psychologist, and this, and this, hence, and so forth. And then every once in a while, I talk to a life coach. When I see they give me some indicators, I was like, you know what? I'm going to see a psychologist about those points. And I go and see you. You have to refresh. If you, you meditate, good. But sometimes I get confused. There's a gray area. Am I this or that now? What is it? So I either try a new thing, but if I'm not into it yet, I do find a psychologist. Easy way out. But still, it helps meditate. Last you know, time I did acting, 10 days workshop. Where? Before you went? In Abu Dhabi. I, was, oh. I just had an interview on, uh, on TV two days ago about it. Actually, Thursday about it. You know, one of, one of the key things that people... I mean, the statistic was the rich versus the poor. The rich would have read, by the end of year one, or by the end of the year, they would read 50 books on average, underlined on average. You go to people like Warren Buffett, Tony Robbins, they, they, they go way above that. The average poor person would fail to complete one. They would fail to read one book, and that's usually Facebook, right? Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you look at the individuals, they surround themselves with knowledge, with ilm, iqra, right? They surround themselves with people who know more than, more than them in the area that they're with, which is one of the key elements. So somebody taught me environment, environment beats willpower every day. If you want to quit smoking, and your willpower is through the roof, and you're surrounded by 25 million smokers, you can't. Good luck. <laughs> no, you can't. Oh, also, good luck. Even the, even there's a speech of the prophet said you have to change your friends. Yeah. If you want to actually quit a bad habit. Oprah lost many many friends when she lost weight. The, well, well, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Wait. Now you're reading a book about um, the billion dollar app. Yeah. And then you had so many ideas and you just said gonna buy a business. I know two other people who are entrepreneurs and trainers. One of them is Jenny. Jenny, she's with us in uh, Facebook, a common friend as far as I know. Uh, she always reads books. Shaden, a life coach who is a successful architect, by the way, always on books. I know everyone I know who is a good businessman or does good business, Yusuf Hamza, is always around books. What, guys, let's say you have a very specific problem that you think you are the only one who has a specific problem. That is not true. There are, there are 7 billion right now. There God knows how many 7 billions left before. Out of the 7 billion, 1 billion out of those 10, 7 billions. 100 million, let's say, had the same problem. Out of the 100 billion, 100 million, at least 1 million wrote a book. Out of the 1 million, at least 1,000 addressed your specific problem. Out of the 1,000 books, there should be at least five top-selling books around the world that are easy accessible that talk about your topic specifically and I'm not talking about self-help books because people are ashamed to buy them now in public in libraries. so novels there are beautiful no elective affairs any complication of any relationship you have in your life read the elective affairs you like holy crap this is 21st century book it's a novel written long time ago Paulo Coelho's novels about philosophy uh, there are Man, there are this, uh, the amount of Theodore Dubowski. If you want to know how sarcasm can be good in a way that actually make you optimistic, even though he's very pessimistic, you will reject everything he says somehow, but you will love it mm -hmm. because he's extremely negative. Like the notes from underground, he is philosophical. Read those novels who have philosophy in them; they will self-help you. By the way, Paulo Coelho's Alchemist is a self-help book now, not only a novel. Yeah, yeah. People read it and they get inspiration out of it yeah and that is a story yeah but they get inspiration because of the parable because of the indirect communication with the subconscious exactly. mind and sometimes that is all it takes people think okay if I were to do A, B and C I'll get where I want to go sometimes what you are not paying attention will save your life what you're not paying attention to will save your life I mean how many times have you attended a seminar or an event I'm sure you've attended many and 
you're there to hear one particular person speak, and then somebody else, that's how we met the second time, somebody else says something, and you're like, whoa, isn't that interesting? It is. It is. And it's, by the way, when I heard your, YouTube, your TEDx talk on YouTube, when you sent me that, I finished that, and there was another guy saying, three ways to solve every problem in your life. And then I clicked to that. The only, the beautiful thing is, you both talked about the same topic. But you had your way in it, and he had his way in it. And I was like, I had to watch yours again, and then I was, I memorized his because it was kind of simple. But I was like, whoa. The wisdom... I overcomplicated my first step. I'll tell you that right <laughs> yeah, now. Like, there you go. So thank you, you admitted. See? No, no, no. no. I, I watched it again. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I had that to watch talk. it again. It was at a university and I assumed, okay, great. It's going to be another lecture. You know, don't simplify. And then I'm like, oh, goodness. I'm going to have thing. But anyways, yeah. I, I was like, I, I really love that. Wise people are always there or the wisdom in their normal life is always there if you want to take it. In different varieties. So don't listen to me. I'm a blunt human being. I don't give compliments. I will tell you the good thing about you and the bad thing equally. Because I think I'm more credible when I say a bad thing as clearly as I say a good thing. So you will take my boaster. If you don't like that, there are people who are actually more diplomatic and soft speakers. Mm. And they are good in, in helping you think. Go to them. But you won't know who to listen to if you don't know how you take good information. Start with getting information, and as you go along, you'll figure out who you want to sit with, yeah. and they'll give you what you want to know. I went through mentor after mentor after mentor before I found, and coach after coach after coach before I, before I found the coach that I'm working with right now. Who is he? Five. Five coaches. Well, I have a few right now, but five coaches in a, in a span of three months, if you can imagine. One after the other. And then I've done the... Um, personality tests every single from Myers-Briggs MBTI to the Reese I don't know if you're familiar with the Reese to uh, the disc profile you name it and the more you well, do I'm that sure I'm going to study them my degree right now but you're going to you. love it the disc profile is pretty interesting it, it tells you that you have uh, I'm pretty sure you're a um, I'm pretty sure you're an I and something else, probably a hybrid. So the yeah, again, so we'll go back to Reese initially. Reese, what he did, Professor Reese, he's based in the United States, um, if I'm not mistaken, Ohio. He did a research where, or close, he did a research where he interviewed many, many people, ten thousand people plus, and he wanted to investigate their motivators. What motivated people? And what he found out, similar to Ekman, but Ekman focused more on uh, facial expressions. He interviewed a lot of people to figure out what drives them. And he discovered 600 plus, core, uh, 600 plus motivators, triggers. And when he grouped them together, he figured out 16. Okay. Similar to MBTI, but it's a little bit different in terms of, okay, one of them is eating. One of them is status. One of them is power. People feel motivated when they eat. doesn't mean that you're eating junk food. It means you're eating. And when you find out what your triggers are, automatically you know how to make yourself happy. And people who are very much into, uh, let's, one of the other triggers is, um, the other motivators is physical activity. So somebody is very high in physical activity and very low in, uh, let's say, eating. He's, he's going to look differently than somebody who's very high in eating and low physical activity. So this is another uh, test you could do to discover to more To know what are yourself. your motives. Yeah, yes. Because some of the motives might be not good. Like eating and you don't work out, so you might work on. Yes. Mean, so it will help you help me know if my motives are actually helpful for me. True, and you can always modify what you eat. I'll give you two guys examples. If you guys want to discuss them, that'll be very beautiful. Help me out. Go. That shook me. I was in the World Future Energy Summit, okay, and I met a woman who want to do her here in the UAE. Yeah, yeah. I want. I met a woman, charming personality, good MC, good looks. She got all the things that can make her a very good CEO or a manager, or, or a spokesperson, okay? The problem was, she wanted to do her, her PhD for what? Prestige. Yeah. Only prestige. I was like, you want to put those letter, letters, invest 100,000 drums or 200,000 drums for a degree? Why? For three letters? Yeah, why? Prestige. Mm -hmm. I was like, why are you alive? Uh, Dava, don't ask me complicated questions. I was like, there is nothing more complicated than getting a PhD in, in, in electronic and chemical engineering. It's complicated. Ooh. You want to go through all that hell for... And then what? I thought, that, then what? She will, they will call me by a doctor. I was like, then what? That will, that will go away. It will fade. I already... In my department, everybody I work with are masters and PhD holders. They are actually scientists. I'm the only one with bachelors, by the way. And they are all scientists. They, they don't care much about their PhD now. 
it, it only sounded nice when they were first month. They don't care. One of them is, is Abdullah Al-Mahri. He's a scientist. He's a heavy-duty scientist who is actually a great executive in my department. Abdullah Al-Mahri is amazing. Guess what? He doesn't like to be called PhD. He doesn't care. It disappeared. I know another lady who got offered to run one of the most important museums in UAE that regards uh, the Saruj. Ah, or she got an offer to be a professor in Zayed University. She took the Zayed University professor. I was like, why? She's like, oh, the salary. I was like, you're single. You live in your, in your parents' home and you have another home. There is no rent. I was like, why do you need the higher salary? You don't have any responsibilities per se. She's like, I'm used to a certain lifestyle. How empty a human being can be. You have a PhD in running museums. You did amazing projects. You lived abroad for a big part of your life. You came back with a PhD. And your only concern is a salary? Not, you get me? If you run the most important museum, at least you will say, oh, I run something cool. No, no. Certain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I was like, those two don't know much about their lives. They don't know much about themselves. And when I read them, there is always emptiness. Before they told me the story. So I was trying to get it out. It took me 40 minutes from each. 40 minutes from me just to get out because I want to know why would they feel empty. It's usually emptiness that you would find with individuals who are out of alignment with who, with who they are. Yeah, and guess what? They always say, we don't know what to do. We're depressed. We need something new. She always, when she talks to that one with the running museum PC, she always like, I don't know what to do. She doesn't know. And I'm like, I got so many things. I'm good. I, don't, I got so many things that I can't have time to do now. And it's fun. I mean, I was in university. Before that, I was playing with my kids. And then I was in university. Now I'm with you on podcast. And then I'm going to do a theater. And then I'm going to go to Abu Dhabi. But I'm not exhausted as much as I'm loving this. Because I'm learning from Natur now. I'm going to learn something. The things I find out about my head, in my head, are... Guys, I want you to find how beautiful your mind is. I know I sound very cliche, philosophical, but you will know it when you see it. So try to do something. And the only way you're going to see it is, by, is when you flood yourself with options. It's kind of like going out and you want to have dinner. And there are 25 restaurants on the street. And you want to say, okay, where do I want to eat? The only way for you to find out what really clicks is for you to go and see as many of them as possible. Exactly. doesn't mean that you're going to have to go and apply for a job, get hired, get fired. But you could read about it. You could, a, student, a, a high school student asked me recently, what should I major at university? And my answer was, go through the, the college board, wrote a book, created a book. It's a 400 sorry, 800-page book, 400 college degrees in that book. Each college degree is two pages. Very simple, 400, deg 400 degrees in one book. You go through the intro of every single one. What I did is I went through the table of contents, about yeah, three, four I pages. I would do the same. I'm not going to read the whole circled book. About, yeah, circled about 50. Went through the 50 briefly, then circled about, I don't know, what was it? I think it was eight or nine. Then went through the eight or nine again and I figured out a pattern. The more you see, the more you observe, similar to when you watch a movie. You go through the trailers, you go through the name first, then the trailers, and then you pick the one you really, really want. And that's how it works. That's I was just going to mention the movie example you did. There yeah, you go. There you go. So, my point is again and again and again, it's, it's to meditate. But if it's hard to start, then learn how. If you're a movie guy, watch movies that will make you or force you self-reflect. That's one way. If you're a book reader, then read books that will help you self-reflect. If you're a song listener, then do it through songs that you think help you self-reflect. And try to find out why the song, why not the other song. If and you're an athlete, hit the gym. Whatever works for you. There you go. This is how you know you're not food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, be careful. I'm going to reflect by eating cookies. I was like, no, no, that's not how it goes, man. Reflect means make you think. Food doesn't make you think. If the gym doesn't make you think, no. Go to something that you love that makes you think. Not something only you love and doesn't make you think. A good friend of mine told me, Hassan, you go when I had that question about a year ago, I said, Hassan, stop what you're doing, go painting. Go do anything that would take you out of your current situation, out of your current zone. Do different things. Get on a horse, go skydive, you know, get in a submarine, whatever it takes. And something will hit you. Yeah, you're oh, out of your yeah. comfort zone. Yeah, it did. How about this? Comfort zone, we think. And I think we all believe that comfort zone is where you're comfortable at. There is another side of comfort zone. You're comfortable with some certain fears. So you don't want new fears in your life. So you're comfortable in those fears. You can handle them. 
that's what you think. That's so it's like, I'm good with this dark corner of my room. I'm not going to the other side of the dark room because I just established. So you have comfort zone of where you with, with things that you're comfortable with and you have comfort zone with things that you're afraid of. This is insane because you are not knowing the big kingdom in you because there are zones in you that you have to explore. So if you know your comfort zone of fear, and that will happen if you meditate, by the way, you will identify at least one or two as like, okay, let me do something that is that this fear does not exist in the other one. And then you do, because there are obvious fears like skydiving, you, it, it's an obvious physical fear, yeah. and there are fears like... Hidden fears. Drawing. Mm. I, I thought I'm a horrible drawer. And then I saw a workshop done in 2454, because I follow those Instagrams, by the way. I don't follow social media idiots. I don't follow celebrities. I follow work accounts for workshops. And that workshop had paint, oil painting with a knife, not with a brush. I was like, I don't even know how to draw with a pencil. I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign in. 150 dirhams. I had a time of my life for that week. And I drew a nice tree. With, a, with, a, with an oil painting knife. And I put it in my room. I was like, I look at it, I was like, you know, that's a good example. It's not a good drawing, but I was like, I actually managed to draw with a pencil. I would not know how to draw because I really don't know how to draw very much. I'm ADHD, I lose focus. That oil painting with a knife made me focus. My son can't focus. He cannot focus. It's a big problem with us at school. I, I noticed that he loved jigsaw puzzles. I try all kind of toys with him all the time. I buy all kind of toys that help him. He loves jigsaw puzzles. Somehow it gets him to a zone. Now I'm buying bigger and bigger and bigger. I started with 12 pieces to, to 10 pieces. I got him a 48 piece jigsaw puzzle. He's five years old. A 48 piece of jigsaw puzzle. He focused for a full hour. Can you? No kid can focus for a full hour unless it's a movie. And he even movies that he loves, he can't focus. He focused for a full hour. He quit. I was like, I'm getting tired. I was like, no. You focus on this, I'll get you the toys you like from the Arlo Toys Collection. Just focus on that. He did. So he, he added did. another 30 minutes. He finished it. He was stuck at one point that even I made a mistake. It was not a missing piece. We thought it's a missing piece. It was like we separated it. Okay. okay. We had distractions from his younger brother. Mm -hmm. That was a distraction, so we lost that focus. So imagine an hour and a half of good focus. That means this kid can. So guess what? I'm buying the other pieces right now. And this is how I'm going to build it. But guess no, how, how I knew about jigsaw puzzles. I was talking about focus with a, with a student who studies medicine. And she told me about things that she know about neurology. And then she says, I love to do jigsaw puzzles. It's comfort with me. So I read a few things about it. See, we don't, I'm not going to read that. I'm sure because I might not read about jigsaw puzzles or how you meditate to think about jigsaw puzzles. But talking to someone who is always self-reflecting. Help me. You know, you surround yourself with people who have that information. I always thing. do. You, are, you, are you familiar with the field? What? The field, the, the point zero field, universal field. No. Okay, so if we look at, all, we have about 7 billion people now, estimate about 100, people that ever, 100 billion people that ever lived. You look at all the information that existed, every piece of knowledge, uh, thought, idea, you name it. If I want to, similar to the six degrees of separation, if I want to learn about um, stand-up comedy, I don't know anything about stand-up comedy, but if I talk to a friend that knows someone that knows Abdullah, eventually I get to know Abdullah, automatically I might, get ex I might be exposed to a technique, a skill, a book, an event about stand-up comedy. So whenever you want to become something, you want to get to a certain level, it's always good to surround yourself by people, by events. You went to the painting event. Well, yeah. it's uh, painting, right? Yeah, painting yeah, workshop. Painting, event, painting workshop. And you meet people. You might meet the love of your life over there. Who knows? You um, hear about another event. I went through five mentors to get to the mentor that I have now. It's crazy. You might go to a university, fail miserably, and experience one thing, just one thing that might get you to where you want to go. Exactly. That was it. And, and it's not, we're not talking about a possibility that it might happen or probability of it might not happen. We're talking about it does happen because this is how things do. They just connect. They have to connect because you're in that field and everybody who's in that field will come there. Just like fishing. You have to go to the fishing spots where fishing actually happened very good. And you're not going to, you're not going to fish for a shark in a seashore. It's not going to happen. You know, you have to go a little bit deeper for a coral reef or something. It's literally the same. 
and that's how you get. Speaking of uh, relationships, by the way, yeah, I have a lot of friends who say who actually had a bad relationship, and it's like, where did you meet? Oh, in McGinnigan's. Oh, thank you. There you go. I was like, aren't you? Rule: Don't look for. Never mind. Don't look for your wife at a bar. Okay. No. Yeah. Husband. Yeah. When they say social media, it's like, yes, you can, because it's a not anywhere. It can. Better than a club. Yeah. Guess why? Because if you follow accounts that are about poetry, and I follow accounts about poetry. Shared interest. Your Instagram will show that, and you, yeah, shared interest, but it can be a passion. It's not about interest, it's about passion. Shared passion. Yeah, it can maybe. be interest, it can be shared passion. Value, if, it was, passion. if it was passion, you will, it will show because you will be writing poems, and I'm the girl who liked your poems, and then I'll get closer to you. Or if you're the guy and you like my poems, and there you go, a direct message, and we start talking, and we find our passion in it, and things moved on. You have a higher chance of a successful relationship. Yeah. We're not, we're not even going to talk about vision of life and the way of life. We're just talking about a way of life where the passion shows is That, that you can discuss on, on the first date or the second date. You can figure that out later. Yeah, but, but you will know You have more. to have a starting point. Yes, and the starting point can be from... Or it can be from workshops. Mm-hmm. It can be... See, why workshops are more important than, than, than studying in a college when it comes about discovering... Because they're very short and small. Yes. And if you don't like it, you, you move on. And they're just two days or three days. Wait for it. University oh, university degree takes four years. Yeah. So of course, it takes three months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took me two years to, actually three years, to to build up enough guts to sign up for another bachelor degree. Wow! But you graduated from the first one, right? Ah, I'm in a trunk engineer a long time ago. I dropped out after three years. Started again, got mm. my first degree at the University of Wollongong, mm. graduated, started again, and they looked at me. The dean at that time asked me, "What? Why are you doing this?" And I said, "The degree that you promised me." I wanted to do digital system security, okay? And by the time I graduated, I graduated in two and a half years and uh, with a degree in computer science software engineering. They did not have DSS because I graduated too fast. Oh. So I, I said, okay, you're not going to put it as a master's degree. I'm going to do another bachelor's. I'm probably the only one in the University of Wollongong that has two bachelor's degrees. Long story short, you'll be surprised because you were talking about workshops. And I'm losing my channel. You are talking about workshops. Workshops are short, sweet, and hey, it's not that expensive. I mean, yeah. the barriers to entry are so minimal. You could attend a work. You could literally attend five workshops a week. Think about it. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with Impact Hub, with uh, the Crib, yeah, with uh, yeah, 24 yeah. for Tour in Abu Dhabi. Uh, you know, uh, Startup Weekends, TED Talks. If you dedicate one day a week, Saturday to go out and do something similar to that. You will meet people like you and me, perhaps. I mean, that's where we met that we twice, met. you know. And I met a lot, I mean, a lot of friends of mine, some of them were on, t- were, well, we're on TED, we're on the podcast. Some of them are scheduled to be on the podcast. You would meet at events like that. You connect with them on, uh, so what are we doing this? On, um, I think in two weeks, I forgot the day, in two weeks, I'm getting together with a bunch of friends of mine for dinner. We're talking about a group of 15, 20 people. And if you look at the people sitting on that table, you would think it's a celebrity hangout. Simply because we all share the same values. I, I need to talk to you about this, by the way. Sure. We all share the same values. And you would not spend time. And again, you could always leave. You go to a workshop that you don't like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, how many people have you met instantly you connected? Yeah. Instantly. And most of them, I have them in Facebook. That's why I love my Facebook because it's everybody that I share something with. Actually, even one of them, one of, oh my God, listen, I got to tell you this. One, you're going to love this. One of them, uh, very amazing lady, I met on social media, not at a page or an event, but a friend of mine posted something and she commented and I commented and we connected on the comment on the, we didn't comment the same words, but the same, uh, we, were, we were pretty much expressing the same thought. Mm. We're like, oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. And we're very, very good friends. There you, know, you go. You'll be surprised on how, the, how things happen. This is how I met uh, Jihad Ibn Nasira, the one who established the uh, You Smile, I Smile. And she literally changed the life of minimum 500 kids, minimum. I'm, I'm actually exaggerating and downgrading the number. She affected more than 5,000 so far wow. by just building playgrounds on the world. She helped them uh, get sponsored in Africa by studying and whatnot and whatnot. And guess what? The, the chain, I mean, I met her for a TV show because I was doing some TV stuff. And then she was a producer. And then we, we added on Facebook. And then I saw she, what she does. And she saw what I do. And then there you go. The chain of reaction and the ripples went everywhere to saving human children's lives. And guess what? Then I met the life coach Shaden, and then Shaden got me to Beacon of Hope. I was just in uh, the palace of Sheikh Shama Al Hayyan. We were talking about Beacon of Hope. I just joined them right now. And you see, you just 
chain, dominoes. Find something that you are passionate about, regardless of how silly or small you think it is. How I much don't money care if it was about gonna make. Jenga. Yeah. Underline you think you're gonna make. I met people who are very self-reflective, and 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 I was thinking about how can you make money through a phone, just through a phone. I don't want to work. Guess what? Just thinking about that. I came across a friend that we didn't talk about it yet until a year, and then she told me that she made $30,000 a month Goodness. by currency trading. We were in scuba diving. I got my phone broken because some salt water got into it, you know, seawater. So I lost my 1,000 dirham phone because it's used anyways. It was 2,500 when I bought it, but yeah, <laughs> depreciation of asset. Yeah, there you go. Yeah? She made $850 while being under the water with me. Wow. Currency trading. I was like, give me that. She gave me all the information I need. Like, study on your own, but take your time. It can be risky. I took six I months just to learn. Two months, I gotta go with you. <clears throat> I was lazy to learn. In six months, I would just read barely five minutes a day, which is not enough. The first three weeks, I made $100. The first two days, I made $100. First two days. Actually, a day and a half. It was Saturday. Thursday and Friday, I made $100. By just clicks. I made less clicks than I made likes on Instagram. And those clicks made me $100 in day and a half. Literally Thursday until Friday prayer. Because Saturday and uh, Sunday they're closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And then I was like, you know what? Because they gave me $300 extra over the $1,000 I put. Yeah. So I made $400 right now. $300 per motion and $100 mine. I was like, you know what? I'm going to use those money, which I didn't do much to earn, to learn. So I deliberately make some mistakes. When the Trump election, I bought some gold. I actually made $40. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I was like, you know what? Let me try other one. And I want to know which markets I can actually adapt to and which markets I don't. Because I have $400 and that I didn't do much to gain. I just clicked something. And I'm already a guy who loves to think too much and experience too much. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to experience with them. And I did. And then I realized you can make money by smart people who actually already invest. So you don't actually click. You put $200 under this guy's investment pattern. He might make 10000 because he has a capital of 10000 mm-hmm. But you put $100, so you make the capital of that, like $10. Yeah. yeah? And guess what? Yeah. I invested in more, and then with time, I figured out the pattern of good ones and bad ones. I learned how to study people. And guess what? Two weeks ago, I, well, I, because I lost it because of experimenting. Again, I'm not investing my... I'm not losing my real money. It's the crap money that they gave You're me learning. anyway. You're learning. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning. And I lost and made the same amount the whole time. And then I was like, you know what? Two weeks ago, I gave up on one guy because he was really bad. I'm experimenting with, so I lost 200, or sorry, I lost 50, $20, okay? I woke up today, I checked it after a week because I'm not checking much, I made $40 because I invested some time to understand the smart ones in the business. So I made $40 by just sleeping, not doing anything. Do you get me? Yeah. And it's the phone that is there, I'm not even looking at that. I'm not even looking, we can check right now how much I made. Go, go, go. I was actually explaining this to, this to the kids in the army. And guess what? As we speak, I made $10. I was like, there you go, guys, $10. They was like, how the hell? I said, I just saw that this will go. And because I know now it's got to be this way, there you go. I made $10 in front of them. They were like, holy crap. So it's literally, it's, okay, I made $5 from yesterday, $4.70 from yesterday by just investing in two people. There you go, Super G and what Zaki Almani. What was the seed? Uh, the seed that I put is $150. Okay. Yeah. Oh, in total? In no, no, to- no, for the, for the $5. Okay. For the $24 that are so far done in this week, I invested $250, uh, $300. No bank will give you $24 for your $300. No bank in the world will give you that much. Mm-hmm. And that's just one app, eToro. Yeah. So, it's, you get me? Yeah, I hear you. I, I just, there, I'm there having methods, fun. Yeah, there are many I, I'm methods. having fun and I'm making money. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting paid for emceeing and cracking jokes, Mike. Do, do you get how silly it is? I'm getting money by cracking jokes. By just cracking jokes. And doing what you love, though. Yeah. Which is a secret ingredient. I would not know how to do that if I didn't attend a workshop about stand up comedy, though. Mm. So. Workshops, guys, and Hassan Atur always publish the post those stuff. So please follow this crap up if you want to call it crap and do it and see. You might have things that you never know you're good at. Yeah, I mean, for me, I do a lot of things that people are very, very, you know, some some people enjoy, some people think it's crazy. If if people think that what you're doing is nonsense, it's crap, it's stupid, it's silly, 
Who cares? It doesn't mean that they're, you know, smart and you're dumb or the other way around. They're just not interested. I don't think people should be playing, I don't know, badminton. Does that mean people shouldn't be playing badminton? No. That doesn't mean you, have to, you don't have to join boxing because yeah. of me. I love boxing. You love, you know, whatever you love. You could do whatever you... There's, there's enough space for everybody. I gave that example before when somebody said, wait a minute, why would I build this I don't remember what the question was this app or this business when there's a competition in the market and my answer was fair enough you have Michael Jackson and see where I'm going with this you, you have let's say the Backstreet Boys Prince. you have uh, sorry, yeah, you have Prince. Prince David Bowie and Michael Jackson were on the same time only. yes but, but here's a beautiful thing does that mean that uh, Adele should not exist. go for the audition because it should not exist because we already have singers no you have different needs. You have jazz, you have opera, uh, opera you have uh, uh, hip-hop. You've got a lot of styles similar to what you mentioned earlier about the talk. I, I don't know what his talk is about, the three, three steps to uh, success on yeah, TED yeah, yeah. after you watch my TED talk. You have millions of people that do the same thing in a different way. It's different signatures. You go to a restaurant that offers, let's say, uh, you know, a club sandwich, and then you go to another restaurant that offers a club sandwich. Different styles, and styles make me, it's because of that. You don't want to have a world where you only have one singer, you only have one engineering firm, you only have one. You want to have variety. Think about it. Imagine you go into a store every single day with no options, one choice of everything. You'll get bored eventually. Of course, that's what we want to say. So, for me, that's as much as I can tell you guys. I have to go for the theater that I'm in. Where, where are you performing right now? In, in the, the junction in Circal Avenue. It's called the Short and Sweet Theater Festival. And the best of the best of the world goes to Hollywood. This is where I came back from. Excellent. And guess what? It gives you so much exposure. I just got a text as I was talking to you. I was holding the phone for, to do a, a sketch with a commercial. And they want to pay me money. It's a two-minute sketch. Two minutes. And they want to pay me 2000 for it. And I can do it or not on my free time on, on Friday. So you get me? Yeah. Read the sketch. Make fun. And guess what? And when I did the theater yesterday, one of the biggest producers in UAE that does voiceovers for successful TV shows that he named. He said, can you do a voiceover for me? You got the voice. Another money-making opportunity and another self-exploring Dude, there's a lot. The average listener right now is going to be wondering, okay, wait a minute, how did he get that opportunity? Because I don't have the opportunity. If I had the opportunity, great, I'll take it, I'll make the money. If somebody, I mean, what would you say to an individual who would ask you, I'm... Um, looking for that opportunity and I'm, I'm sure you're saying the opportunity did not just fall into my lap no you've I, done something we're on the same page but what what have you done to be in the position to receive that opportunity simple it all started by facebook i was just posting my status in facebook that you know they're very controversial about yeah. women and men and stuff and i just joke about it because i was reading books about this stuff like the books that everybody was talking about Women and men and, and uh, men are Venus from women. I don't know from Neptune or whatever the crap is. I just read. I swear to God, I just read like three pages. I was like, okay, this is boring, but let me make jokes about it. So I actually read a little bit more, just one chapter, and then I just made my own status about thinking about the question. People just jump, jumping in. Comedy Central. One of the ladies was there, and she was like, you know what, you're very funny. Can you come for an interview? And I went. Put yourself out there. Yeah, and I did, and she liked it. Well, I was only always joking around my friends. And before that, I just finished the stand-up comedy clip because I attended a gathering by Emirates Tweet that is run by Hiba Samp, who is one of the social media influencers in UAE. She has a verified Twitter account, I think, now. Mm, and she had an event where I met Ali Sayed when he was clowning for kids. Clowns, who cares? And this is how I got to the comedy. And then the status that I wrote because of the books I read. And then there you go. Comedy Central paid attention. And then I did that. And then Abu Dhabi TV paid attention. And they hired me for their stuff. And then voiceovers. And it just kept on chain reaction. Question. Did you know you were going to end up here a year ago or five years ago? I did not know. A month before Hollywood, I did not know I'm going to be in Hollywood. When I met the Prime Minister of UK, I did not know I'm going to meet him. And I met him. It's, it's just... It, God is generous. It's how much you want to take. You get me? Yeah. So, and whatever religion you want to believe in, okay? Everything is there. It's how much you want to take or how much you're afraid to ask and how much it can open up. I love experiences, so I get more experiences than money because I really have very less regard about money. It's clear. I mean, you talk about all the good experiences that you have. I mean, from your body language, you're not really... Uh, I mean, obviously you care about money, but it's not, it's not your not primary motivator. Yeah, your no. primary motivator is the experience of exactly. going to Hollywood, dealing with yeah. these individuals. My other friend who made $30,000 a month from the currency trade, she actually is a top executive in Abu Dhabi, and she owns few houses in Abu Dhabi, and she's only one year older than I am. She's 33. 
She's only 33 and she owns a lot of houses. She is someone who loves to be by herself more and she loves experiences. Mm -hmm. You get me? Yeah. That's all what she does. So she gains experience to stress release, but she loves to be with herself. So she learns, if I put as 10% of, you know, 10% of she, um, the effort she put in currency trading, I would be able to make decent 1,000 a month. $1,000 a month. I will be able to make that. That would be a good saving. But I didn't because it's not for me. I do MCing for the fun of it. I get 10,000 dirhams for two days. That's, enjoy it. Dude, that's like 30% of my salary. I get paid 30,000 something. 39,000. Okay? If I do two MCs in one month, I can get 50% of my salary in four days. In four freaking days. The, the, <laughs> you know? Doing something that you and I, or rather, doing something we would do for free. Yeah, yeah, right? and I would do it And for I'm free. sure you've done this for free at some point. Yeah, yeah, I did it for 500 dirhams. I did it for free for my friends. And I still do it for funds. And charity, I just do it for the sake of charity. It's like, don't pay me. The money you're going to pay me, yeah, put it back to your budget for the charity. If you want, but if you have to pay me because this is what you do, because, you know, the corporate, give it to me, and then I'll put it back to your charity. Mm. You, you get me? Because it's not in me to make money. If I am into making money, I'll invest my time that I invest in acting and theater and MC and stand-up comedy in this. And I will make maybe more money into charity also. But I'm into exploring myself. And the side effect is giving it to charity. So I made three gigs in the last two weeks. The last three weeks. Three gigs only. I was taking it easy. And the money would go to charity. That I met through Shaden. That I told you about the story. Beacon of Hope. And I'm giving them the money. And they say, you know what? We actually want you to be part of the team. So can you be please part of the team? Because you've done that before. I said, yeah, I did it because I want to explore myself and do good. Don't do one thing for one reason. Do anything for more than one reason. So you will have multiple results. Find as many seeds and dollar back. Thank you. An entrepreneur knows what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. You, the nice way you point. think. Thank you. I mean, just to add, to wrap up with one idea. Uh, beautiful, what you just said earlier that you did not know that you're going to end up here. And the beautiful thing is the majority of people, I know I keep saying beautiful. It is beautiful. The majority of people don't see where they're going. The majority of people are going through a bit of trouble right now. I have a good friend of mine right now in Lebanon, an amazing friend, that is going through a bit of trouble. And she keeps on saying, all right, great. I'm stuck over here. I'm stuck over there. You're not supposed to be able to see the results when you're on the way all the time. You might, you know, you're driving. You, you go past the mountain. Oh, great. I can see that. Place. Yeah. But sometimes you're in a cave. Sometimes you're in a tunnel. You're not going to be able to see it all the time. Just trust that if you keep moving... You'll eventually get to a road that might take you there, but it's a hundred percent certainty that you are not going to get there if you say where you are. Yeah, it's not going to come to you. And nope, true, true that, true that. So yep. All right, that's uh, that's my time. I gotta go yeah, to my theater thing. Google me if you want, Abdul Gassab. How, how can people work. reach you? What's your what's your handle? What's your website? My how name is Abdul Gassab. If you write Abdul Gassab in Google, you'll find me, or on YouTube, you'll find me. In Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, it's the Gassab with Q. Can you, you. Can, can you please say that again? The intro that... Vega <laughs> sub, because I'm arrogant No, 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 no. Before, before your first intro in Fujairah. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. My name is Abdullah Gassab. So how would you introduce yourself to an American? Well, that's, I actually did that. I did that. I was like, my name is Abdullah Gassab. Now, Abdullah is a very spiritual name, guys. Yeah? Servant of God. It's very spiritual. You know? Uh, somehow, it's not actually... It's not even a name. It's a technical term, because that's 1.5 billion Muslims. Everybody's a servant of God. But it's good. This is spiritual, servant of God. Then comes the last name, Gassab. So, servant of God, the butcher. All the good feelings are gone, man. I was like, what are you? You turned smiles into, you know, what was it, AU4? What was it, the emotion of fear with, with the Ekman? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. People freak out. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for coming here today. We've been thank planning on doing this for, for a while now. I know, Finally, about that. we did this uh, for the good of the people. Yes, yes. I Please follow the. He always publishes workshops and events, and I do that also. Just, guys, do something out of adventure. Yeah, give, give it a shot. You never know. Believe me, you never know who you run into. If you're, if you're single and you're looking for that special someone, I'm not saying you will, but you might. If you're looking for that opportunity, don't aim at that, but go out, keep moving, and good things will happen. Yeah. That's your time. Discovery. That's my time. Thank you guys very much. We will see you on the next podcast. Good night. <laughs>